You're listening to the Laugh Button Podcast on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. This is the Laugh Button Podcast right here on the Riotcast Network. My name is Mark Seaman. I am the managing editor of the laughbutton.com. Matt Kleinschmidt, who's joining me here for the news. What's up, buddy? Is the uh, chief... The chief editor. Of editing. Oh, you're doing it backwards. I got you. Yeah, it's kind of like a dentist office. Yeah. Right now. You know when you see your name, like Seaman slash Mark, right? Okay. Or like a teacher. Right. Could be or like yeah. a teacher. Yeah. I mean, do you prefer that or do you prefer I, editor in chief? I, I don't care either way. Okay. Well, the yeah, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> the com. I got all Look, serious and shit. I think it's because we're, we're getting ready to head up to Montreal. We're super focused right now. We are. And uh, we've been putting in a lot of overtime and uh, we're all a little bit tired, but we're stoked for Montreal, man. We're Montreal's going to be a good time, man. It's always a good time. And uh, the weather's going to be nice. I don't know. The, the last time I went to Montreal, last year I took a, a year off. It was the first year I hadn't gone in like seven years. and um, But the year before that, when I went, it was weird. I double dipped and I took a vacation Okay. Uh, the week before uh, the festival with my wife because she had never been to Montreal and she couldn't come up to the festival with me. So I was like, you, you ever been to Montreal? She's like, no. I'm like, let's go. And then yeah, I was like cool. there for like the French part of the festival. Okay. And then I went back like a day later to just be there for work. <laughs> so it was like I basically went home, dropped my wife off and went back. Oh, wow. But anyway. While, Why did you even like go home? You, um, you couldn't send your wife home on, her, on your No, I had, I had a couple things to do. I gotcha. had like some obligations to knock okay. out. But while we were there, man, it was like hundred degrees. Yeah. It was rough, so man. terrible. It's supposed to be in the seventies. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing seventies, which is uh it's awesome. I'm so jazzed. Like, yeah, yeah well, it should be a good time. So we're gonna have lots of Montreal uh look, just for laughs comedy festival coverage for you, so stay tuned. Yeah. Uh, the laughbutton.com is gonna be the place to go to check all of that out. Yeah. Dana Gould, the keynote address this year. New and faces were just announced too, dude. Yeah, new faces just announced. So let's dive right in with that. Okay. Because let's do this it. is uh this is a big deal for anyone who's attached to it and yeah. so many people that have been new faces in the past have gone on to do really big things, special things in comedy. And uh, and they don't forget their their Just for Laughs roots, man. Like Kevin yeah. Hart, was he a new face, if I remember correctly? I think he was. I think he was. So uh, who we got here on the list? Let's well, name them off. They, they break it down in three different categories. There's new, face unre- there's new faces, new faces unwrapped, and new faces characters. Characters, right. Characters. Uh, and this year, some, some great names in here, uh, and probably names that not everyone recognizes. There's... Dolch Sloan, Alex Edelman, Jack Knight, John Early, Moses Storm, Esther Steinberg from mm-hmm. Funny Girls on Oxygen, right? Uh, John Radinsky, Rob Gleason, Rob Gleason. I'm sorry, Emma uh, Woolman, Vladimir Camino, Camano. I'm sorry. Uh, which, who, by the way, everyone tells me is fantastic. The guys at the stand rave about him. They okay. say he's a murderer. So can't wait to I, check I can't him wait out. To see him. Ian Abramson, who's great. He does that eight minutes in. Uh, sorry, seven minutes in Purgatory mm-hmm. or eight minutes in Hell. Seven minutes in Purgatory. I love how you're like one. You're whatever I'm you're doing off. now. I'm you're like dude, one. Not, I know, I know. <laughs> it's Chris Red, Nate Fernald, Julio Torres, or Julio, depending. There's also uh, Clayton English, Ash- Ashley Barnhill, Langston Kerman, Matthew Broussard, Pat Regan, Leonard Outs, and Claire Mullaney. You might recognize that last name, Mullaney, because that's the younger sister of John Mullaney. So, uh, she also writes for SNL. Right. Family mm-hmm. tree extends in the comedy universe. There's a lot of comedy in that family tree. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, I, I wonder if you almost feel forced to get into it if someone is successful in said business. I mean, Actually, wouldn't like that Chris you Rock. Run, wouldn't that send you, know, you running, this, though, if like your dad's like a famous musician or comedian? You're like, uh, oh. Like, I don't know. 
I don't know that because I mean, like, yeah, Chris Rock does have a funny family. You know, there's the Wayans family, which are right. a very funny group of people. Sure. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, of other Bob f- Dylan, right? Other funny family. The the uh, the Wilson brothers, Owen, Luke, and other brother. Yeah, other guy. Other Who's, Wilson brothers. Geez, that's mean. I don't at least his look name. him up. Slappy <laughs> Slappy Wilson. That's his name. His name's Slappy Wilson. Slappy Wilson. Um, I'm trying to think of just funny. I mean, like modern day or like our generation. Well, let's start with the Marx Brothers, right? Well, yeah, but they're not modern day in our generation, like I just said. Okay. I mean, like I'm just trying to think of like other comedy like families out there that are doing stuff now. I mean, like I know of other families that are like big in entertainment. Like for example, like uh, like jo- uh, Vanessa Bayer from SNL. Her brother Jonah is a big writer. You know, right. And he also runs a podcast, and he knows a lot of people. He actually was in the SNL credits too, but I wouldn't say he's like a comedian. He's also in a band. Is uh, Seth so. Seth Meyers' brother? Seth Meyers' brother comedy as well. He does. He was on. A, he was. He was one of the replacements for Eric on that '70s show in like season like oh, eight or yeah. nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seth oh, Meyers' brother. Yeah. Cordry, oh. Rob Cordry, and his brother. His brother's an actor too. Oh, really? Um. Oh my God, I'm blanking on his name. Hmm, I, I don't know. Right By the way, speaking of siblings of yeah. famous people, this week was Giselle Bundchen, the the model, actress, Tom Brady wife. Yeah. Well, she's not an actress. No, she's been herself anyway. Yeah. The model. Was she in Devil's Wear. Pro- Devil she was Wears also in like Prada? Taxi with like Jimmy Fallon and Queen Latifah. What? Yeah, dude. She was one of the bank robbers. The bank robbers were all like models. I don't know. It was a terrible movie. Wow. Sorry, Jimmy Fallon. Why did you watch that movie again? Because it had Victoria's Secret models <laughs> as bank robbers, Mark. Um, but like, she has a twin sister. Had no idea. So what? like, the most beautiful woman on the planet has a twin sister. Crazy. Uh, and her twin sister looks kind of like her. Well, one's not. You got to have a backup in case well, something happens to the original. Like, right? If Giselle's like an eleven, the sister's like a ten. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. So I didn't know that she had a twin sister, but I knew that this week because it was her birthday, and someone it was some stupid trivia that popped up in my newsfeed. Anyway. Back to new faces. Yes, so new those faces. are the new faces wrapped. The unwrapped, uh, we got Megan Gailey, Stephen Wilbur, Tom Brady, no relation. Yeah, no relation. Uh, Chris Carpenter, Luis J. Gomez, Luis J. Gomez, uh, from, you know, Legion of Skanks. From everything at this Bobby's point. Bobby's podcast, from, uh, you know, the Real Ass podcast. He also, Hammer Fisting, he has another MMA podcast on, on Sirius XM. So he got it, as well as uh, Kyle Ayers, Ryan Donahue, Caleb Sinyan, Rob Hayes, Billy Wayne Davis, and Abby Rosenquist. And then uh, the characters, Allison Rich, Don Finelli, Will Stevenson. I'm sorry, Will Steven, Phil Augusta Jackson, Sudi Green, Punam Patel, Matt Baratz, John Bander, Lyric Lewis, and Marquise Ray. So Those are I all probably, good comedy names, by the I, way. I probably butchered half of those names, so I apologize in advance. But like, yeah, Lyric Lewis, that's a great comedy name. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing comedy, comedy yeah. name. So that's, uh, those are all your new faces. We're stoked for that. So stay tuned on the laughbutton.com because we're going to go check out those shows when yeah, we're up there. Yeah, we, I mean, like, we went to new faces two or three years ago, and we saw some of the characters A.D. Bryant hosted. And, you know, a couple of those people got plucked up for SNL. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of cool because Seth Myers is in the audience. Like, that's the type of thing that Just for Less is. You go there. It's like, oh, there's Seth Myers. Oh, he's at the New Faces characters. Oh, he's the head writer of SNL. I bet you he's looking for talent for mm-hmm. next year. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Cool stuff like that, too. Well, speaking of SNL, you and I, my friend, we went to the SNL exhibition here in New York City. Yeah, dude. That's that going to was... be running through at least the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we talked to the creative director, Mark Locke. Super uh, cool dude. Super awesome dude. And uh, he's put on huge exhibitions for the Titanic, he mentioned, mm-hmm. and, and some other stuff. But... Uh, we wanted to focus on the SNL exhibition. I just reached out to them, say, "Hey, want to check it out? You yeah. know, want to do a story?" And they were like, 
they were definitely down with that. And I know you're a big SNL fan. Love so SNL. when I got the plus one, I was like, got to bring Matt. Yeah, man. He's going to enjoy it. Let's go have so, a Friday. You and me. Yeah. SNL city. Great way to start off the weekend mm-hmm. here in New York City on a nice summer Friday. And right from the get go, you, you enter this exhibition almost like in the gift shop area. So you kind of yeah. get a tease of what you're going to be able to check mm-hmm. out at the end. But when you head up to where you pick up your tickets and they send you through the initial door, yeah. you then go in this waiting room, sort of a lobby, and it looks just like Rockefeller Center. Yeah, like they cool. nail it to a T. And you get to watch this pretty cool uh, intro video where narrated they. Narrated by Alec Baldwin. Yep, yeah, Alec Baldwin uh, is your narrator. And uh, there's just all this classic. Oh, and by the way, when you walk into this waiting waiting room, you see some amazing photos from SNL's Pho- history. It's crazy photos. Like the George Carlin logos, performance, George real big. It's real big mm-hmm. in black and white. It's 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 great. Like if I had to sum it up in like a single sentence for people, it'd be it's got something for the diehards and for the casual fans of SNL. It's right. really cool. I mean, it's an institution. Even if you don't love Saturday Night Live, you're going there like, oh my god, yeah, forty years of history. Of course, this is going to be awesome because there's forty years of things going on there. Right. So, and, I'm sorry to mean to cut you off. Oh no, it's okay. And and. So so ultimately, when you go into the exhibition, uh, they have this set up in a, in a really cool way. And Mark talks about this in our interview, which we'll we'll have later for you. Uh, and by the way, our guest this week yeah. on the podcast, Jamie Kaler. Um, I I almost don't want to list any of his credits because then I have to list them all. Yeah, and there's yeah. like 4,000 of there them. Are a lot. And I don't want to do that. You might know him as the, uh, the old ginger on My Boys, yes. which was a show on uh, TBS. Gaffigan. For four seasons. Show. Yeah, Gaffigan and the gang. And uh, and if you look hard enough, he's in a music video for one of my favorite groups, which he'll, we'll reveal during the interview. <laughs> uh, but he's been on everything from Friends to, to feature-length films, and he's all over the place. You've de- you, When you see a picture of Jamie Kaler, you're like, ah, oh, that guy. Yeah. yeah, that guy. Yeah, he's in he's that everything. that guy from that thing. Yeah, he's that yeah. guy from that thing. Uh, so he's our guest uh, on the podcast today. We're super stoked. Uh, stoked to have him. Okay, so back to the exhibition. Yes. So what's really neat about how they broke this down and how they decided to showcase it was instead of doing it by eras, you know, by the 40 decades or the four decades, they broke it down by days of the week, yeah, which is how really the cool. show operates. So they did like a Monday through Saturday breakdown, which was genius of them. Very, uh, very, very smart. smart. So you learn A, how the show works, B, what goes into the show on a daily basis, and see how they get to the end. And yeah. it's it's mind-blowing how they can put this show on at all. They Yeah, it's, I mean, like, you know, Lauren Michaels has the classic line about SNL. is like, you know, the show starts not because we're ready. The show starts because it's 1130 on Saturday. You know, I butchered that quote clearly. But but he's a great quote about that. And it's, it's so true. It's like how they logistically pull this off. Not only once, but multiple times in a season, and then have repeated it for 40 years and have achieved any level of success is beyond me. It's incredible how many people behind the scenes, writers, prop guys, prop builders, set movers, like design, and it's 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 really incredible how they how they kind of put it all together. It's and it just seems like they're such a well-oiled machine at this point. I'm sure they had some shaky moments when the show first started, but like you know. To do it for 40 years Like they gotta be I can't imagine anyone Being at all freaked out About the show Like doing it these days Just because of uh, Just the experience That's going into it So yeah it's really cool Now what did, what did you learn? Because you're a big SNL well, fan, yeah, so what I did mean, you like, learn well, uh, a lot through, of what from I, the exhibition? I, I, I kind of knew how the show went, was structured. Like I knew that, like you know, you know, the first few days is everyone's writing, and then like you know, scripts are locked, and then there's a table read, and then uh, you know, come like Wednesday, then Thursday they start building the sketches and all, and all, and then makeup and hair, and then like Saturday it's dress rehearsal, and then there's a live performance. So I kind of had that basic idea in my head just from reading previous SNL books and stuff like that. But what I what I found most interesting about it was like. 
just some of the work that went in there for like simple things like hey we're gonna make casts of everyone's faces on the staff to like put so we can build like a Bobby Moynihan Yoda mask which was creepy as shit by the way yeah it looked real like a real life Bobby Moynihan head and you know all the um, and all the uh, and all the, uh, the the special effects that go in and the props but one thing I felt was actually probably one of the coolest things was one of the things you see in the very beginning and one of the reasons they set it up daily as opposed to like yearly and chronological is it allows for like multi-generational people to go see it and have a similar experience where it's like when you see Weekend Update it's like oh there's my era Weekend Update guy so like your dad will like it because he'll see like you know whoever he grew up with will like it because we see whoever we grew up with and like you know maybe even your grandparents at this point or or kids so it kind of like it kind of breaks through all that stuff um but uh, when you first walk in, you see Lauren Michaels basically do an outline of what he thought the show would be, sending it to the uh, Dick Ebersol over at NBC, and you see how little of his outline has changed. He pretty much nailed it on his first call. It was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. This is the structure I want to have. And like, you know, from 40 years ago, it's like, oh, Lauren mapped this out, and they're still pretty close to that that outline today. Uh, they nixed like two things. I think they originally had they originally had Jim Henson and the Muppets written into that original uh, markup. So like, the, and we all know the Muppets were a big part of SNL, and they're on the first season. But it was cool because like Jim Henson was name was written in there, yeah, but like, his name wrong, was right? misspelled the entire time. And then <laughs> so it also even makes a, accounts for like the Albert Brooks shorts. Mm-hmm. He actually mentions I want shorts from Albert Brooks to run in here. So it's really interesting seeing all that stuff. And the props were incredible, and seeing like some of those props. And like you know, you turn a corner and there's Land Shark, or there's the Wayne's World, or the hand drawn backdrop from Church Lady. Yeah, which you know after they our dug interview, that up. Yeah, yeah, they, they found how they found that. It's it's really cool to see all that kind of stuff to come together and work and so if you come to new york city you got to check it out it's yeah. definitely worth it again if you're if you're a diehard fan you're gonna you're gonna get off on some of the really rare pieces of memorabilia that they were able to secure yeah. and bring to the exhibition like thank you notes and and like these transcriptions yeah. and and there was uh, a great note from bill murray to lauren michael said you know, lauren i showed up late but no one else was here so i left faithfully yours bill yeah <laughs> great yeah, yeah great, great notes stuff. Uh, and then the last piece that I want to talk about with the the musical, uh, oh, how, yeah, how they yeah. broke down the musical experience, oh, that was all so the performers. Cool. That was so cool. So four, they had forty iPads basically, yeah. and just iPad screens basically rerunning yeah. the performances from said season. So seasons one all the way through forty, just musical performances. Yeah, I thought that was really neat to look around, and be like, oh my god, oh there was Beck's yeah, performance, oh there was Beyonce. It was, was crazy seeing yeah. that stuff, and then you have and, and and it was like it was cool. You're like watching a screen of like a like it's like a just giant screen mm-hmm. of just these these performances, and then they capped it off with basically a live performance so it's kind of you know I, I won't get into how they do it but they yeah it's it pretty with, sweet it's pretty cool how they they kind of like give you like okay it's live here's what's going on and one of the coolest things was in the control room if we we could have missed this and i'm sure anyone else could have missed it too you actually get to see what the control room looks like how they direct mm-hmm. the show like we just happen to like look to like our left it's like oh there's the picture of the pope that Sinead o'connor ripped though yeah ripped apart. Right. it's like oh i would have totally missed that if i wasn't just tripping over this display so it's really <laughs> weird it's like it's it's there because it's part of the history but it's also like not necessarily the greatest part of the history of snl but it's a big part of the history but like they have the yep. photo that she ripped up it's there crazy. it was 
All Gotta right. go do it. Anyone who's a fan of SNL should hit up, hit this up. It'll and casual fans will love it too. Casual just fans will love it. There's a lot of audio visual elements. Mm-hmm. Uh, you hear some sketches being done in the back. You can interact. You can take photos as Turd Ferguson. Yeah. You, can, you can be Wayne or Garth. You can be Wayne or want. Garth. You can see photos of like every cast member or and, uh, and all that stuff. You and, can sit at the weekend update desk. And then you, yeah, you sit at the update desk and then uh, you know you walk out and uh, there's a gift shop of uh, sweaty balls and yep. Stefan stuff in a box. Dixon boxes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all that kind of stuff. It's hysterical. So I, I would definitely recommend anyone going. And, and it's a super cheap ticket, and it'll kill about an hour or two, you mm-hmm. know, walking through it, however fast or slow you want to do it. So it's a good time. So huge thanks again to uh, Mark Locke and everybody over at the SNL exhibition for letting us head over there and check it out uh, and having that experience for ourselves here at the Laugh Button. And uh, there'll be a story coming soon on thelaughbutton.com. We took a bunch of photos from the exhibition, and uh, we'll be throwing more of our two cents in there, uh, breaking it down in even more detail. All right, so... Matt, uh, what do you want to hit next? Because we just almost too okay. much to talk. First about of all, want to settle a score that we had last week. We had okay. a bet about how train wreck with Amy Schumer. Did I spell something wrong? Oh, that's no, no, right. No, no, that's I, right. I, I made we, a prediction. We talked about what was your prediction? Because I know because I listened to last week's episode. I'm so bad. I okay. say all kinds of stuff. You predicted and I don't remember. Amy Schumer might be in first above Ant Man. Okay. And you and you called for a forty. I obviously lost dollar, that. A forty. Yeah, and a forty-five million dollar opening. I feel like I got closer to that. You didn't, buddy. Really? She did thirty million. I think okay. 30, 30, 30.2 million. I was pulling from a girl, man. Second best Judd Apatow opening behind Knocked Up. He okay, did like thirty point nine million. So it was really, close. really close. Yeah, okay. But she did thirty million for an already a comedy. She blew it out of the water. Right. It, it did. She is a bona fide superstar at this point, and she's definitely has more movie roles in it. In it. But she ended up third. First, yeah. I called the first, second, and third too, dude. It was Ant Man, Minions, then Amy Schumer. But That's right, fucking a minions. lot of money was spent at the box office this weekend because of that. So, well, I will say this. So even though she had third place, I, I predicted mean, high because I wanted it to do well, and I believed it could, and it will. And the thing is with Trainwreck, is the people that did see it are going to say, "Oh my God, you got to go see it." So there's there going to good word of mouth. Yeah, there's going to be less of a drop off percentage wise. You know, like yep. Minions will drop, Ant Man's going to drop off huge. You know, but it I, always does. It'll be I'm like forty percent. Less than but, it was but last here's week. Here's what we got to not lose focus on: how well I predicted the box office this weekend. I, like I want to skip just, right over that. No, like because I almost nailed it. <laughs> Look, man, I I had stars I, in my eyes. I almost I was excited. Nailed it. I nailed the order, mm-hmm. and I almost nailed the exact numbers. I said thirty mil on train wreck, and okay. like thirty point two. So you you saw the movie? I'm the I best. I saw the movie, Mark. That's what I am saying. You know what the best part of this is? I can <laughs> edit this yeah. all out. Okay. I'm going to edit all this out. Uh, so, look, we both saw the film. Yes. And we were both very excited with the result of the mm-hmm. film because it was hilarious. Yes. And we both played the game of how many comedians can you find <laughs> yeah. packed in there the was, corners of the nooks and crannies of this film. And there were a ton and a ton and a ton, and then there were a ton more. Uh, but when you break it all down, uh, it was very well written, and yes. Amy wrote this movie herself. And let me tell you this. Not that I didn't think... I don't want it to sound like a backhanded compliment because it's not. She's obviously great on her sketch show and she's an amazing stand-up comic. But she did a damn good job, you know, without giving too much away. One scene where, you know, she starts tearing up and she's crying. I was yeah. like really feeling it, well, man. Well, definitely, definitely. I mean, that's how a lot of Apatow films go, though, too. It, it has that sentimental part. And it's actually sometimes but, the part... But I'm just, I'm sorry, Schumer specifically. Like her acting? Yeah. yeah she I was, was great. I was, man, I was like, she Amy, was great. damn, man. She was great, but she also was very it. familiar with the source material. Yeah. I've literally heard two complaints about this movie, and that's it. 
You heard any? I haven't heard, I heard one. Two. Those are the only two I've ever heard, and they're so petty. First of all, the complaint I hear about every Jared Apatow film mm-hmm. is it's twenty minutes too long. Okay, I didn't feel that way. It had that trappings. It, it went a little. There was a certain mm-hmm. part like, oh, maybe you cut that part out. Mm-hmm. But it, for all intents and purposes, totally fine. The other complaint I heard, and this is from a lot of writer people, was how inaccurate a reporter is portrayed. In this well, film. come because on. Because Amy's a reporter. But then I'm thinking yeah. in my head. Yeah, no shit. Not every cop goes running down the street lethal weapon style shooting people with automatic rifles. Yeah, right. It's the goddamn movies. Like, so those are literally the only two complaints I've heard, and they're minimal at best. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, congrats, to Amy Schumer. And, a lot uh, of Cleveland love. There is a lot of Cleveland in love. the movie. Matt, did that bot? Did you think of me first? I did think of you. I'm like, when son Le- of a bitch. When this LeBron is gonna be was Mark's major league. <laughs> this is Mark's 2015 major league. That's what oh, this is going to be. When LeBron gave his speech about Cleveland, <laughs> man, uh, you and know, you know, you cheered. You stood. Up and cheered I don't want to say it's a spoiler alert, but look, hey, for all those people in the Cleveland area, do, do it due diligence and go see Trainwreck. You'll you be the very only happy. One that cared in that movie theater. You think? Yeah. I was the only one. York. I was the only one applauding. I will say, <laughs> of course, that. no one else cares about Cleveland. <laughs> oh man! But it was very funny. LeBron did an okay job. Like LeBron did fine. His first scene was like a little weird, and then and then by the end he got really good, man. Yeah, and, he did. He got really good. And there's cameos galore. Oh, so in the fun. Movie. It's it's great. So fun. Best best. I still think to this day. Best credit, best credit mm-hmm. for a comedian that wasn't like an actual like starring in it. Like what? That's not Amy or Mike Birbiglia. Right. Because those were the two main comics in it. Uh, Dan Soder because he was he was credited as dumpster guy. Dumpster guy. Yeah. Dan Soder. Because there's a scene where she makes out with a guy by a dumpster and it's mm-hmm. Dan Soder, who you very rarely see. You see like a silhouette. Yeah, I like, actually missed it. Yeah. <laughs> which is crazy because I was looking around so hard. I was thinking, man, Amy's gonna have her friends like walking yeah. around the background. And she did. I mean, Keith Robinson, Marina Franklin. Yeah, Marina Franklin. Uh, Bobby Kelly. Yep. Uh, Soder, who you already mentioned. Soder. Attell is in it, is in it as well. Uh, I'm trying so to think great. of us. Nikki Glaser, Bridget Everett, uh, Rachel Feinstein. Yeah. Like there, it goes on and on That's and right. on. Rachel too. Yeah, Rachel's in it too. And her character was Nurse Rachel in the movie as well. Uh, yeah. But I, th- I, but like I was reading the credits to see if there's anyone I missed, and it said Dumpster Guy Dan Soder. So I was like, best credit for a comedian in Trainwreck, Dumpster Guy Dan Soder. No, good for Soder, man. Yeah, man. Good totally. for Soder. And a uh, huge shout out to to Mark Norman because he actually ended up getting cut from the film and we were yeah. really bummed about that yeah. so I'm sure it'll be on the extras uh, they usually throw all those well Mark actually told us this news on our pot when we had him on the podcast right. and he actually said um, it was breaking news it was breaking news because it happened that, that day he taped the podcast so he did a scene with Soder I think so mm-hmm. I think that scene what Soder had well, there was probably longer and Norman was in it yeah also in the commercials Kurt Metzger played is in a montage of dude she hooks up with mm-hmm. But he wasn't actually in the movie either. So Metzger Weird. had Metzger was in the the the, the, the trailer, commercial yeah. trailer, but not actually in the movie. So, so strange. I wonder who yeah. else got left behind. Uh, I'm sure we'll have to dissect this and yeah. all together. All right, what's uh what's up next here? Scott Aukerman and the Comedy Bang Bang team. Yeah, I grabbed this news. I thought this was very interesting because of of how it happened. So. Uh, Andy Samberg is is set to host the 67th uh, Primetime Emmy Awards, and him and Scott Ackerman, they're friends. They've known each other for a while. Uh, Andy's been on not only the Comedy Bang Bang podcast, but also the television show, and uh, he actually reached, Sandberg actually yeah. reached out to Ackerman and said, hey, I uh, wouldn't mind if you would be the head writer for, for the Emmys and, and take care of me. And in he and Neil um, Campbell, right? I think is his writing partner, uh, said, "Hey, you know what? We'll do it if you bring our whole team." <laughs> Which I think is kind of a weird. I, I mean, maybe it's not, but but Sandberg, with you know, without skipping a beat, was like, "Yeah, let's do it." 
Yeah, because he was such a fan of Comedy well, Bang Bang. Yeah, I mean, you gotta, you also gotta have faith in the people that you want to create with, you know. Well, I agree, but I, I just think it's a little like presumptuous. No, not even presumptuous. Just awesome on Scott Ackerman, by yeah. the way, for saying, "Hey, I want my whole team there." Yeah, of course. And then awesome for Andy saying yes. But I, I just think that's pretty wild that it works out that way because I would think yeah. people that are producing the Emmys and/or the show have their people that they might want in the mix also. Mm-hmm. You know, and say, hey, Andy, whoever you feel comfortable with, go get. Yeah. But then we're also going to have all these other writers. Uh, and I don't, does it work that way? It does. I, I kind of want to dive in and, and well, dig deeper well, about these like award when, shows. When, like, Kimmel hosts, he'll, he'll round up his writers, which is usually a Corolla and his whole crew of people that write. Okay. You know, guys have written for The Man Show, written with Kimmel for years. I mean, like, going back to SNL, when Richard Pryor hosted SNL, he insisted that Paul Mooney come on because Paul Mooney's written for Pryor forever at that point right. or up in, for all these day, these years. And Pryor was like, Paul Mooney knows me and my voice. And, the, and SNL was reluctant at first, but then they, they brought him on. And then Paul Mooney basically wrote one of the most iconic SNL sketches with Richard Pryor in him. You know, like when him and Chevy are calling each other the N-word and, and making fun of races back and forth. Right. That was a Paul Mooney sketch. So... It works that way. It definitely does. But I mean, like, I don't know if there's like a cap on like we can only hire five or right. ten or three or two. That, or that's one. what I'm curious. But about, like, yeah. they definitely do hire their guys. Chris Rock has his guys. I mean, he would bring Louis C.K. to write for him a ton of stuff, and that's actually why the Chris Rock show ended because Chris Rock's writers got so damn popular. Wanda Sykes, Louis C.K. They started getting stuff. That's why he stopped doing the HBO show, you know, because he was like, I don't want to do this anymore because I don't have my team, my people to do it. So instead of it putting out a mediocre project, he said, "F it." So I think it happens more often than you think. Yeah. All right. Well, very cool uh, on Andy and for Scott. Congratulations. Very good news. And that's in September. Uh, I can't remember the, the hard date. September we need to do 17th, an Emmy maybe. Episode. We're going to do a special Emmy predictions episode. Yeah, we'll do that. And that'll be a lot of fun because there have been some great nominations this go around, some new ones, some classic, and. Uh, and some things that might surprise you. We were a little bummed that Kurt Metzger didn't get uh, nominated. Well, but he got nominated as part of the ensemble for Inside Amy Schumer. Right. But he wrote one, and, and I know this because I read the update on his Facebook page. He he wrote that Girl You Don't Need Makeup song, which apparently everyone was raving about. But because of a technicality, it wasn't nominated or something like that. Oh, so weird. He could have potentially had two nominations, but instead he had that one. But okay. he did get nominated as part of the group. So On to some uh, Bo Burnham news. Bo released his schedule for the uh, Make Happy Tour Fall Edition, mm-hmm. um, something he did earlier in the year. Went out on the road to Make Happy Tour. Now he's got the Fall Edition, not unlike um, Louis Black. Yes. So he Which announced all his contest tickets for. Remember. That's right. Go to thelaughbutton.com. Get more information. Also go to our Facebook page. Follow us on our socials at the Laugh Button to get more information on that and uh, win yourself some tickets to go see Louis Black. So back to Bo Burnham, he announced 32 dates that will culminate in a live taping in New York, which is uh, pretty exciting. I yeah. I couldn't find it at the time of this taping right now. I couldn't find any more information as to what that taping was going to be. I'm guessing a new special. Yeah, that's that sounds um, about right. And he'll probably self-release it like he did last time, right? He put the last one out on YouTube, and then Comedy Central Records later released the physical version of it. But it was around Christmas time of last year. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if, because that's when this tour is ending, is around Christmas time, December. So who knows? Maybe he'll record it and put it out like right away, or maybe he'll live stream. Bo's always done weird things, and you, he's been a big YouTube fan since the beginning almost mm-hmm. of his career. So I wouldn't be surprised if like he goes to the YouTube guy and says, "Hey, I, I want to do this," and YouTube says, "Cool." Yeah, I would not be surprised. Tell you what, we're on board with that. I'm, I'm down. With he, he has I'm a massive. Uh, oh, I'm, I was in the voice of of 
YouTube slash Bo. Oh, you're yeah. doing an impression there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what YouTube sounds oh. like as a whole, a collective. So I just went with a generic voice, oh, I which see. is mine. <laughs> I see what you're doing there. So Bo, uh, yeah, Bo, that's how he got huge was off YouTube, really. Um, he got noticed by Comedy Central, put out those EPs before he was even like 18 years yeah, old. Yeah, he was nuts. in his parents' basement. Oh, his parents' attic. So wild. Uh, such a talented guy. Very he's one of my favorite working comics. And he's going to be up in Montreal, I believe. Yes. And I uh, can't wait to see him. So uh, that's it. Check out BoBurnham.com. Presale starts today, I believe. So by the time you're listening to this, you can use the code HAPPY. And uh, get yourself some tickets. Pick one of those thirty-two dates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you can, they'll probably sell out really, really fast. So, in in the other stand-up comedy special realm, mm-hmm. two big ones that are coming that, that were just announced this week too. Jay Farrow, yes, going to have a new special that's coming out on August first on Showtime. And the trailer's up at thelaughbutton.com. Check Correct. it out. The other one, Tig Notaro, her new HBO special is coming out as well. Uh, now, Tig, now Tig is all over the place right now. Help me out here because okay, uh, what. Which one is, is coming out here? Okay, because here's Tig is doing 15 things right now. <laughs> here's what we have going on. We have a Netflix documentary called Tig. Right. came out last weekend. It's available now. Right. It hit Netflix. Watched it. It's great. It talks mm-hmm. about... It basically picks up her life right before she got cancer to everything that happened up until that point and to where she currently is. So it's like... It's a snapshot of like those, what, three years, four years? By the way, that's crazy. So, so she didn't know she had cancer before the documentary... Started shooting no, and no, then no, she no. Fa- There's the timeline of the documentary it, uh, it, it does a little bit of like how I grew up But then for the most part her timeline is The craziness that getting cancer Kind of she got rocketed into superstar Because of this cancer right it's a very weird Thing to have happen to you I think what I meant Was it did she start doing The documentary when no, no, she no, got cancer no, So no, she no. didn't know she had because no no, no 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 The documentary was shot after her Popularity okay gotcha. but it, but Timeline wise it's right. like hey take Tell us about that time you did cancer because so, whenever uh, uh, That time you got cancer and then gotcha Yeah because yeah, what makes a great documentary great is When you're shooting a documentary and some crazy shit Goes down in the di- that's not intended. Yeah, 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 yeah. and that's I was, not I, how that's this is not the case Would have been like wow like, like the queen of Versailles Style chances. Where, like, she's building like the biggest house ever And then she like goes bankrupt yeah with their husband Yeah nuts um Okay, so there's that Spoiler point. alert, Jesus <laughs> It's like a six-year-old documentary, <laughs> dude um, So that's Tig That's on Netflix Good thing to, good thing to watch Is to get a whole idea Of like why Tig, Everyone's talking about Tig mm-hmm. Notaro If you're not familiar Then there's also Knock Knock It's Tig Notaro mm-hmm. Which is a Showtime Miniseries, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's like a road trip doc. It's a road trip doc. She'll basically go to your house and perform in your like, you know, your living room to all the fans. That's on Showtime, and she tours with, I believe it's Rory Scoville is is, is her touring mate in that one. That's coming out on Showtime. I don't have the. We have actually the trailer for that up on the laugh button, so go check that out too. This one is just called. Tignataro Boyish Girl Interrupted and it's an actual stand-up special on HBO. It's coming to HBO. So you got Netflix, Showtime, and HBO all releasing Tignataro material within a couple months of each other. So that's the deal. So that's an actual stand-up special that she's doing on HBO. So now that we've cleared all Tignataro news, right. that's basically what it is. But yeah, the documentary is great to watch. Um, I haven't seen the show and I'm sure the special is going to be great too. When they released a clip, a teaser this week where it's like Jack Black, Kristen Shaw, Sarah Silverman, mm-hmm. all these other great comedians talking about how awesome Awesome Tig is Cut the Tig She's like I don't like any of those people Yeah <laughs> In her very Tig Notaro style It's great Classic Yeah yeah So that's So uh, another round Of great specials Hitting the uh, Hitting the airwaves And in addition We gotta mention This retroactively Eugene Merman's special Came out on Netflix On Friday too Saw that as well Oh yeah By yeah. the way By the Oh BTW <laughs> Eugene Merman's Got a new special out too I-C-Y-M-I <laughs> They're uh, They're coming fast and furious But it's got a great name That's why I had to mention it It's called Vegan on Way to 
to the complaint store. So uh, that's a good <laughs> So so I got a I got a question for you. Yeah. With all these specials coming out, which is a good thing for comedy because more content's available than ever for people to discover and check out and find their way into comedy. But do you feel like maybe when these specials now come out, they don't have the same they don't garner the same guster they once did? Not because it's easier to make them produce and put them out and there's more outlets, but because they get lost in the sauce of everything that's happening in everyday life. For instance, yeah. by the way, Eugene Merman had a special. By the way, Bridget Everett had a special. By the way, Tig Notaro had a special. Yeah. By the way, you know you know what yeah. I mean? This, these are, it's constant. Now, we work in the comedy game, so we understand when and why and how all these things are coming out. But if you're just somebody who casually likes comedy and you dip your toe in the pool and you pull out, what... You know, does this hurt the situation? Because I know a lot of people that go on Netflix and they discover a lot of comedians now on Netflix because so many specials are available. Yeah. But but does it like desensitize? Because if you see a bad one, does that make it feel like I don't want to waste my time checking yeah, out these other three because I don't know if they're going to be good or or, you know, what I mean, there's almost too much. There's to almost too from. much. Like, yeah. I, I mean, like that. I mean, there's I don't think there's saturation. I think what there is is there's a so much there's so many great people getting their due. And I think as long as there's that people like us who like want to see this stuff and want to see it and want to absorb it and, and bring it in. Like, I think it's going to be great. And I think the, the good thing about the way that these Netflix type of things are set up or the way these albums are released is like someone's going to discover Eugene Merman. There's people that don't know who Eugene Merman is. Someone's going to discover him six months from now, eight, eight months from now, a year from now and be like, holy shit, like what's all the deal with this guy? And they're going to be able to go back and access that really easily. Right. But whereas... Maybe they weren't home that one time they could catch an HBO special or something like that too. So like I do like the idea of these of this documented history and time of like comedy being out there. Is it oversaturated? Everything's oversaturated. Is it too easy to make a comedy album? Yes. It's too easy to make a musical album. It's too make to make it's too easy to make it's too easy to be a TV star because there's fifty million channels out there too. But there is that there is the, the the demand and you know, usually the good shit rises to the top. You know? Yeah, I hope so. Hope so. Yeah, it's funny to see um, like the vegan how many stars something story. gets. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. How many stars something gets on Netflix? And be like, whoa, this got five stars, and then it quickly I'll tell dips you what, down to one and Netflix, a half. Stars. Netflix recommendation recommendation algorithm is one of the best. Yeah, it's pretty good. It, like they actually have put out rewards to people that could figure out, hey, make our algorithm better. Like they've actually had like hack days and that type of stuff too. They're 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 everything they recommend to me, I'm like, I'll watch this if it's three stars or above. All right, Matt, we're gonna have to head to the Jamie Kaler portion of the podcast. Yeah, buddy. Uh, for all the other news things that happened uh, in the course of this, this last week, be sure to head over to laughbutton.com. Uh, but in the meantime, here's our interview with Jamie Kaler when we spent some time out on the left coast. We are in Los Angeles or yeah. Left Angeles, the left coast, whatever. Uh, I like it out here. <laughs> you do too. I do. I like, you the, do, you I like, like it. Why do you guys sound so like, oh, we do. You, we do you do. not? No, Mark started this rumor where I, I hate Los Angeles and everything about Los Angeles. So he's been like kind of playing it up. So I'm trying to play it down while the, I'm, I'm out here talking to people. Yeah, yeah. Mark likes to spread rumors. He right? does. A, he he's does. He's like the town crier. Yeah, yeah. He I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I did. I did. Just I probably another hat I wear. You I know? probably have at some point <laughs> said fuck LA. I probably yeah. have definitely said that. He's but, the Bob Costas but. of podcasts. I know. He starts, oh. he starts some shit, man. He, Dude, Bob yeah, Costas he's the is Jim great. Rome. I'm waiting for him to call me Chrissy Everett. What's that, Chris Everett? <laughs> I was just, oh. <laughs> my favorite clip kids, ever. Kids right? who are listening are like, 
A, who's Chris Everett? B, right. who's Jim Rome? Who's Jim Everett? Yeah. And, and Jim Everett. Jim Everett and Jim Rome. <laughs> sure. Uh, well, we're joined on this podcast by a guy I've known for a very long time now, and I was curious to see which version we were going to get of him today, uh, and it's the no mustache. <laughs> it's Jamie you Kaler. Never you never know. You never know, man. <laughs> Changes tomorrow might be mustache. You don't know. Yeah. It happens that quickly. It grows fast for you, right? You oh, have. Yeah. It's growing right now. Might I might have one by the end of show. If you squeeze real hard, it's like <laughs> you know something's coming out. Mustache, something somewhere's coming out if I squeeze hard. Oh no! All right, so Kaylor, you're up to a whole bunch of stuff, my friend. Jack uh, of all trades. You are a jack of all trades. Now, uh, Matt, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop some knowledge on you. Okay. This, this guy you're sitting right across t- uh, this hallway from is uh, a star of a Bloodhound Gang music video. That's true. Called really? I, I, which, which, which? Along came Mary. Oh, along came Mary. That's right. That's do you know right. Do you know what the movie it was from a soundtrack? Mary, Mary. Um, it is from a soundtrack, and I feel like it is from a comedy movie. It is. And I feel like it is from a not Zucker Brothers, but the other brothers. Dave Chappelle is in it. It's. I want to say it's Jim Brewer. It's. Uh, Give me some. Not Strange pot. Brew. It was about pot. Oh, it was uh, not Strange Brew. Uh, Half baked. Half baked. Half baked. Wow. The Bloodhound gag did a video. F- yeah. Okay, Mary. I forgot that was on that soundtrack, but you were in really? it, man. I was in the video. So, yeah. so Matt, I, I definitely I had, don't remember that. I had already known Jamie Nobody for a little does. bit. And and uh, I just went on. You, you fall down that rabbit hole on YouTube. Yeah. And I was on like a Bloodhound Gang video rabbit hole. For, I don't know how I got there. And I go, motherfucker, is that? <laughs> I immediately With a skin wig, like a shaved head wig on. I oh, immediately yeah. text him like, "Are you in a fucking Bloodhound Gang video?" He and goes, "Long came Mary." Where, where'd you find? Where'd you see that? Where'd you find the that? The internet, but, dude. But that's the thing about Jamie Kaler is he's everywhere and anywhere. I'm dark man. He is dark. Television commercials. Yes. Yes. There's some of those shows on television, shows feature on television. films, Many. comedy shows. It's just. If a thing is happening, hosting now, hosting yeah, host shows now, now hosting television shows, porn. it's it's really impressive, <laughs> and it seems like, well, is the porn stopped? Is that stopped, or are you still no, every I'll once in a while I'll you dip in, you know, dip in, dip out? Is ginger porn because a redheaded guy, although I'm, it's gray now, so it's like a salt and ketchup porn. It's a terrible, that's a terrible analogy. I, have, I got kids to feed. <laughs> it's, a cat, it's a category on RedTube. Salt and ketchup. Salt, salt and ketchup. Honestly, it's, it's a is category. there a category that's not on you? Any category you can think of. Yeah, it's available now. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. Chicks with hooves, boom, done. <laughs> What's that? Rule thirty-four? Is that rule thirty-four of the internet? Uh, so if you if you tr- type in something into the search bar and it doesn't come up, that you're officially declared a sick fuck. That's is right. that, is that the, go, uh, dude, even you're too messed up for the yeah, internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, so what's the latest, Jamie? Because you are doing a lot right now. Um, you know, it's funny that Bloodhound Gang. I I guest on a show called Mockpocalypse, which is on Axis TV, which is uh, it's all about music. It's kind of a talking mm-hmm. heads, a bunch mm-hmm. of comics. I don't know if yeah. you. Well, Axis TV too, owned by uh, uh, Dallas about Mavericks. Mark Cuban. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, Mark right. Cuban. Right. Sure. Really fun show. These guys from Doctor God, uh, Dave Park, Neil Garjulo put the show together, and they brought a bunch of uh, their comedy friends, and we all make fun of. Certain genres of music, whatever, and I, they found out I was in a Bloodhound Gang video, oh, they, they and they discovered used it, it too. Yes. Posted it in the show, and yes. we had this gag where I kind of was like, you know, I wish I'd have been in a video sometime. And then they cut away to the footage of <laughs> the Bloodhound Gang video. They so, found out because Mark told them. Yeah, somebody told them. <laughs> yeah, <somebody>. probably. <laughs> I think uh, it might have been me, actually. Was that like a... Did you get paid for that? Like, where was that like a... The Bloodhound game? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They hook it up. Did you get to hang with the band at all? Like, yeah, uh, I hung with the band a little bit. Yeah, they were they were cool. It was cool a long dudes. night. It was freezing cold. It was at a drive-in movie theater about a mo- about an hour inland from L.A. I forget where it was. You know, one of those places where they have a swap beat now that used yeah. to be a drive-in yeah. movie theater, and it was the outdoor movie theater, and it was freezing cold. Oh, wow. 
And uh, yeah, it was a long. It was a long night actually. I remember being like, "Ugh, that was really." Because <laughs> it's, it's a video, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you're you're right. Making, Making a, a, a small uh, pittance of cash. So where where were you at in the timeline of, of Jamie Kaler? You, oh, you do early. that video. So that, that was, was really. So were you using that as your big credit? Like at, at one point where you you know and uh, we'd like to <laughs> welcome Jamie Kaler to the stage. No, I think I'd done some guest stars already. I think I had done uh, Friends and King Queens and maybe even Will and Grace. I was recurring on, and mm. they uh, the a friend of mine was the casting director. And uh, she was like, "Hey, you want to be in this?" And I was like, "All right, I'll go do that. Sounds like fun." And it was fun. I had a good time. But yeah, it was it was just for shits and giggles. That's cool. So, uh, what was the first guest spot you ever did do on a sitcom? Was it um, on a sitcom? Was Friends? Yeah, it was Friends. And yeah, really? it was t- the whole week I thought I was going to be fired. Every day the lines <laughs> would change. Nobody ever comes over and goes, "Jamie, that was great. You did such a good job. Thanks so much." That's really. It's very tense. Yeah. Everybody's like, I'm melting into the wall. People are like. <laughs> Nobody says, I'm like standing there, they go, you can go now. You know, like the day's over. Nobody comes over and goes, hey, that was a great day. It was the week they were on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine. Oh, wow. The stars of the show. So wow. they were on guard. It was a secure set. It was kind of, luckily there was one other dude in the scene with me, another guest, Mike DiMaggio, who now runs The Amazing Race. He's like an EP. Oh, exactly. wow. on The Amazing nice. Race. He guested with me on Friends and luckily the two of us were like are we gonna be fired? I don't know dude I don't know because the audition oh actually the audition was so crazy okay so we go to this is this is Hollywood this is Friends I go to audition it's at Warner Brothers Studios they bring me in there's like 30 guys there to read for it we're all the same category you look around I knew everybody there waiting and so they bring us all in two by two and then they go don't leave wait so they make it takes an hour and a half to see everybody then we all come out we're sitting in the waiting room and they all go, uh, all right, you 15 stay. The 15, they cut 15. It was mm, like just, junior varsity basketball. Just instant, yeah, 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 just, just based instant. on. Right then and there. Wow. And then they repaired us, brought us all back in again, said wait, got rid of half again. By this time, part of a, you know, in the first one, you're like, well, who cares? I'm not going to get this thing. Yeah. All of a sudden, it gets whittled down to like eight and yeah. then four, and you're like, fuck, I might get this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you start to sweat, and you have to go in and do the exact same scene with okay. a different scene partner. And then the last time, it was only four of us. It was two guys, and they put me and the other guy who got it together and two other guys together, and they brought us in separately. And by then, my heart's racing a little bit of like, because at that time I was just trying to get some credits. And, and you like, know it's friends, right? It's there, friends. there, there it's wasn't the like a show, uh, yeah, show yeah, on yeah. TV. Okay. Biggest show on TV. And to take the story back even further, my girlfriend at the time was like, we should go to France this week. I'm, I have a ticket. I'm going to France with my parents. You should come with me. I go, oh, I can't. I was trying to be like in town for stuff. <laughs> Like, oh, I don't want to leave town. Because I, I was afraid to leave town because my agent would barely rep me. And if I left town, for if I missed one audition, they would have never sent me out again. And I was, like, terrified. Right. So I end up uh, going in, and I leave. And then um, cr- the two of us crushed. It went really well. And then uh, that was it. I drove away, and I got the call, like, t- 15 minutes. Before I even left the parking lot, my my, my uh, pager went off. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> oh, Pedro and I was like, I got to find a phone. I got to find a phone. Oh, I'm so over in the valley, uh, over Pedro. like on Olive, pulling over to Car Wash, like calling my agent. She's like, you got it. And I'm like, yeah, damn it. Yes. Dancing at the Car Wash. We go to the car read. Uh, I do my, you know, if you've ever gone to a sitcom read, anyone who's a series regular, 
you you wouldn't believe the laughs they get. Really? Like, I've been a regular at my boys. It was right. amazing, right? Because right. there's 50 people watching this thing. There's writers, producers, lookers on, everybody. You know, everybody who's in the production office comes in to watch a table read. Matt Perry says a line. <laughs> Pauses. Huge breaks, huge breaks, huge oh, breaks. Wow. And then whoever the guest stars are, would you say your line? If it's... It's usually not the best joke in the script. It's usually a couple jokes here and there. Right. Crickets. Like, just crickets. Oh, and you're like, man. you leave the table read typically, and you're like, I'm, I'm going to be fired. They're <laughs> going to fire. And nobody ever says, don't worry about it. You're going to be fine. Everyone just goes, all right, thank you. See you later. And then the re- and you're like, so that night you come home, you're waiting to be called to be fired. You get in for the next day, and they just put it up on its feet, and you're and all of a sudden, your script's a little different. Your line changed, and you start to mm-hmm. second guess. You're like, holy shit, I guess I destroyed that joke. They and take some words out. They take some like, words out. A missing if line. you get a really good joke and you get a good laugh on the table read, that joke is now one of the series regular jokes. I was going to say, does it go to somebody that else? That joke's gone. Wow. Yeah, because somebody else says something. I worked on one yeah. show one time, and one of the series regulars was like, the wardrobe put me in this outfit. And then I went out, and one of the regulars was like, is that, are you wearing that sweater? I go, dude, I don't, I don't know, man. This is the clothes they put me in. He yeah. goes, uh, don't don't move. He leaves the stage, mm-hmm. comes back. The wardrobe woman goes, take that sweater off. Gives it to him. He wanted that color for his huh. stuff, and <laughs> I was like, amazing. I go, I don't. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. But then I was a series regular on my boys. Right, my boys. And all we did because we had all. By the way, started. great show. I, yeah, I don't know yeah, if yeah. I really ever told you that, Very like fun. on a personal level. I I really enjoyed that show. I mean, yeah. obviously it took place in Chicago. I'm, I love the uh-huh. Cubbies, and uh, and you had me come on set. Uh, you That's know, right. I remember that, and I had such a great time, and everyone was so wonderful, and and I still uh, bust balls with Bunin every once yeah. in a while, man. But uh, I just played golf with him. Oh, cool. Yesterday with Kyle. Nice. Kyle and Buda and I played golf. So almost all four of you. They were all my best men in my wedding. That's why our set, I think, was so much fun because we had all guested on so many shows that Mm -hmm. we knew how much that job sucked. So every Mm -hmm. time a guest star came, we went on out of our way to go, hey, come have lunch with us. Come Come hang out. Yeah, Yeah. be part of it for the week because otherwise it's really... It's a horrible job. Dude, Matt, Matt, it was great. They got their hands on the, uh, was it Dirty Sexy Money that that uh, got canceled? And yeah, it was the like ball a, machine. The foosball yes. machine. Yes. Yeah, was that so, the name of the show with uh, yeah, with yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Peter Kraut? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we took over their stages, their offices, and they had a foosball machine that they must have left there. And we okay. so we ended up having a foosball tournament I, to the point where I thought I had carpal tunnel. This was like a big de- Like as soon as I walked on, you know, in the room, they go, this is the foosball room. And then they showed me the yeah. tournament bracket. I mean, it was like everyone got serious. real serious. Yeah. Like real serious. And I was like, Reed oh, I play. Me. And they were like, you play? I was killing Reed the whole season. And then in the finals, he beat me. Uh, and then I beat him in the ping pong finals the next season. Every you, season, we'd have a different game. Okay. You want to? You really want to bring up ping pong, Kayla? Is that what you want to do? Well, no. because I then So Mark came on for ping pong. And we were like, hey, we play ping pong. We're pretty good. And Mark destroyed <laughs> everybody. And then, so so Kayla, the first time I've, I've come over to visit him at, at his house, he's got a ping pong table in yeah. his garage, right? Yeah. So it's still and, there. And, it's folded up with shit on top of it. Right <laughs> it's usually what happens when you get kids. It's yeah. basically a bookcase that's called a ping pong Dude, game. my parents, same deal. Ping pong table folded up shit one all day, over it. One day I will break it out again. So I... I'm like, yeah, let's play a little bit, you know. And he would not let me leave. <laughs> he killed me. His house. I think he finally until he, until, until, until he won. Until and I, I was like, Kayla, you're not going to win. <laughs> it was until I got points, and then one time he, I had a he had to spot me like 15, 16 points or something. It was pretty crazy. You're that good? Yeah, he. Is I did that, not know this. He about is him. that good. But then I played with another friend of mine, John Jung, who. Uh, yes, you told me I got to play this guy. Uh, he's professional level c- Korean dude. Who's like, okay. he came over to play one day. We were having like a drunken party. We were hitting. Uh, he showed up.
up with his own ping pong shoes. <laughs> you know you're in trouble. And the paddle. Happened. Of course. He said it was a five hundred dollar paddle. It was made from the wood in the forest of Japan, buried deep in the forest of bamboo, Japan. Bamboo, bamboo paddle. It was a crazy <laughs> paddle. It like it had an aura that came off. It. it was in a padded case. Like people, a, people like taking photos with it. It's kind of like it's kind of like the equivalent of like well, you go play someone in a pool and they just like unbox. This yeah, thing. I know, but he broke it out, and so I laughed. I was like, dude, seriously. And then he he played. I couldn't get a point. I love wow. these guys. These guys I are great. I, I didn't. I don't know if you've seen like really good ping pong people play, mm. but it's a crazy yeah. sport. Yeah, there's like yeah, they're so good. Nuts. They're diving and you back flipping. You and, wouldn't return. Yeah. It was like if Rafael Nadal served tennis ball. Would you even get? A you, you wouldn't even get close. You, you, might, get you close. might be able to nick it yeah. to the yeah. side or something. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, uh, it was fun beating you, and uh, we'll play again <laughs> someday. But uh, back to Dirty Sexy Money, this foosball table, yeah. huge tournament. Set of my boys was a blast. You could tell these guys were all run. friends. And uh, and ball busters and uh, I remember you guys chewed me up and spit me out about that stupid commercial I was in or somebody on oh, that uh, fucking uh, staff God, found out about it. One. I haven't seen this commercial. I keep don't, asking Mark about it. He just goes, "It's a don't." What's it for? He doesn't tell me Computer cleaning saw. Uh, yeah, don't worry about computer. it. Is this what? Wow, I don't know. That I need was to see easy. It was one uh, of those. Really? Oh. Yeah, people have to discover it's probably it. Probably still online. I gotta find it because like I keep asking about this this commercial and Mark Mark is like denies his existence. I don't know who was maybe the director that day or some producer or some goes hey hey i know that guy like he just walks into the room and then it was like oh jesus man like fast right there. fast oh, he's getting fast, close fast he's getting free. close fast <laughs> for free and they say it like one of those ads where they say it like 50 times in the yeah, commercial yeah, yeah. It's pretty funny <sighs> anyway oh. so so my I, I boys want, i want our listeners to find this commercial then email me yeah, at the last button.com i need uh, to find this commercial oh, something God. for free something fast for free you, you know what the best thing is at least you have like the blood, cool bloodhound gang video yeah yeah, yeah. Back oh, i have I plenty got... of commercials back in the day yeah, and yeah. what's funny is now i still do commercials and my agent gives me grease sometimes because the other day they called me they're like hey you're in for this commercial and i was like What's that product for? And I had to Google it, and it was for like toenail fungus. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm not doing that." And they're like, "What do you mean? These things run for years, and you'll make a ton of money." And I go, "Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. I'm not that broke. Mm-hmm. I'm not that broke to do it." And Trans- I still, last night during the news, I was watching, and one of my buddies was on. He, and the opening line of the commercial, he goes, uh, "So I'm constipated." Oh. But I got, and I was like, "Wow!" But he, listen, he's an actor. He's got kids. It's yep. a job. Yeah, you know. But I just was like. I don't. I don't want to do that yet. Yeah. Well, one it's, day. It's one of my favorite games. My wife and I play is Spot the Kaler. Like we'll be, like I think I texted <laughs> you from Puerto Rico one time, and I was like, I was like, is is Kaler a Disney show right now? And I yeah, sent him a screenshot, a and he's show. like, What are you watching Disney for? You know, or something <laughs> like that. And I'm like, Hey man, I don't know. My, my wife's flipping through channels, and then I'll see Munin in a kitchen serving waffles yeah, to a family or something. The same thing, man. Right now, and a bunch of guest That's stars. That's so great. So, so going from a, a guest spot on a sitcom to being a, a regular. Like you said, so the table reads. So you it got to glorious. feel. It, it was, was like, great. It was like they open the they open the uh, drawbridge and just let you in over the moat, and you're like, oh my god, the castle's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone laughs at every line you say. So is that pandering? Is that what that is? They're just kind of sounds pandering. They are so terrified of their jobs, and they know if they piss off one of the series regulars, that they would they could be fired because they've probably dealt with people, hmm. and. I will tell you that a lot of people who are actors on TV shows are fragile Mm -hmm. and you don't even know that you're offending them and you'll say something like we would say like, hey, come on, get your shit together. Well, as a comedian, you're going to go cry and then they're going to call the EP over and the showrunner and be like, that person's making me feel uncomfortable and that person's gone. 
I mean, it does happen. You know wow. this. You, well, yeah, I mean, sure. I, yeah. I know Those it aren't happens. jokes and movies. Yeah, yeah. Our know. show was never like that. I mean, people, you know, we gave it as much as we got, but I definitely felt like people were people were tentative to to fuck with me too hard. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were. And it usually it's because I will destroy people verbally. But, well, <laughs> like on stage, so, I will destroy yeah, yeah, people. Yeah. So you're a comedian. That's a thing. Yeah, so you got the this thing, as, a, thing, as the regular, yeah. I was kind of on guard sometimes to try mm-hmm. to not hurt other people's feelings. Okay. Because you know, you, you know, Boston way, we fuck with each other. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That's what you do. It's how you show but love. There's nothing better than being, yeah, dude, when you're on the sh- when you're on the show and you know you're coming back the next week, mm-hmm. it's pretty great. <laughs> it's pretty great run. <laughs> not going to lie. It's well, you had, would you, four seasons, right? You guys did. But each year, we never knew if we were coming back we yeah. had sneaky suspicions but we didn't know yeah but we you guys were back. kind of that blue collar show that like worked hard yeah. a great word yeah, of mouth a, a lot really of people fun. talked to i feel Network like the fans took care of us yeah the and fans defended it yep four years is pretty long that's a great run man yeah, for any show run, yeah. we gotta come back and shoot the movie like entourage you should yeah. <laughs> trust me we yeah. should yeah how did that <laughs> work out for that yeah i don't know if the entourage movie made a dollar i don't think it made one dollar i don't think that did too well did not they waited too long or too soon yeah, it was it was almost too long for the current wave, but it was too soon for nostalgia. Like Jurassic Park, I said the same. A week later, yeah. boom, twenty right. some plus years later, nostalgia took it, took it over the top. Are but you are you blown away by how well that did? That like, movie made Jurassic, Jurassic Park. World. It made, Jurassic World. It made all the money. Did you see it? Record break. I didn't break. see it. No, it broke all the records. Dinosaurs like translate into every language. They you do. know when you're here's here's hey what do you want to do tonight? How about we go see people get eaten by dinosaurs? Yeah, that sounds like fun. I would I would enjoy <laughs> yeah. that. That's the movie. Understood. Yeah. But, but they yeah. they put out sequels after it that didn't do well at all. And this one's twenty years later. Yeah, I mean you got things. The third, the second and third didn't do well at all. Oh, I don't think they did that well. I'm sure they okay. made money. I'm sure they did I money. They made money, but they didn't make. You know this kind yeah. of Samuel L. Jackson or uh, wasn't was like uh, jo- Julian Moore was in one. Yeah, Julian Moore. And Vince Vaughn. You know what's missing Vince from this Vaughn, one? Yeah. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, uh, he's in, it, it's lax without him. Well, Chris spe- Pratt's amazing though. Yeah, he's I will great. tell you, that guy, as a dude, he's, have you ever met he's him? A movie star. One of the that nicest. guy's very, very bankable right now. He's yeah. very funny, very charming. Yeah, one I, of the he, he's the only guy too. we. I would go. Yeah, he can be Indiana Jones. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I agree. dudes are. We were uh, just talking yeah. about this this yeah. morning. About it's Chris so Pratt funny because normally, like, I think we're all jealous. Like, where it's like not fair that Chris Pine gets to be Kirk and Jack Ryan. Yeah, you know, these guys are doubling up. Where you're like. You yeah. can't play Batman and Superman, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But these guys, it doesn't matter to them. They find one superstar, and then they go, you're all of it. Well, Ryan Chris, Reynolds is Deadpool, and he's something else. Uh, Green Lantern. And he's a Green Chris Lantern. Evans, same Chris thing, Evans, too. Chris Fantastic Evans, Four. Fantastic Four, and, and Captain, Captain America. Movies bomb, and then he goes, oh, we'll just slip him over well, here. To- my big problem, this because <laughs> it's the nerd in me, it's it's the Marvel Universe. Like, you can't be the same person in the Marvel Universe. Be someone in DC and in Marvel. I, that my, I can, my brain, my brain can comprehend yeah. that, but if you're two people in the same Marvel Universe, well, yeah. Now right, Fantastic Force is being rebooted with a whole new group. We were just yeah, talking about Spider Man. Well, they yeah. hired what the is it the kid from The Impossible is going to get it? Something know. like that. Yeah, they went young again finally instead of like a thirty five year old dude <laughs> yeah. to do Spider Man. Hey, I'm in high school. Well, I, I mean that's that's, that's Peter well, we were Parker. complaining about the he's origin story. He's supposed to be sixteen story. or seventeen, yeah. right? He's, he's, he's supposed to, and he's also a big. You know, his storyline plays in very big to the Infinity Wars and a very big into the Civil War. Yeah, stuff for too, Captain so America, it yeah. makes sense that like they're going for the young kid. But did you see how excited he got when he started talking? I know. I know. <laughs> I know. His gravitational so pull just sucked you funny. in, man. Ah, 
stay away. Well, I just can't deal with another origin story for Spider-Man. Like we, like we don't need another origin story. Just treat him like James Here, Bond. Here's treat the Spider-Man is, like James Bond. The origin stories are always the best stories. They are, but they Spider-Man's are. done yeah, some but incredible if, stuff. But if There's they're not, I actually like the Doc Ock one. As a kid, the Doc, Doc Ock was, was my favorite. Yeah, Alfred yeah. Molina was my favorite. So he yeah, did a that, great job. That was a great one. The next one with Jamie Foxx is unwatchable. It was really, really bad. Oh, the Amazing Spider-Man. But you know what? You know, liked about that one. I liked about Andrew Garfield really captured the. I like him. Yeah, yeah, he was badass. I thought that movie was terrible. He 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 grasped like the the wisecracky nature of Peter Peter Parker, which uh, Tobey Maguire didn't really have. But like Spider Man's a a smartass. He says smartass shit constantly. Mm -hmm. So like that, he I think he captured that pretty well. Uh, Jamie uh, Foxx doing all right. Yeah, it wasn't his fault. I actually I thought he was good in the part. I just thought the movie didn't hold. You know what? It did the same thing that the that the the third one of the Sam Raimi trilogy did. Too many bad guys and too much. Too many bad guys. Too many cooks in the kitchen trying to jam. I like the origin of the bad guy story. Mm -hmm. That's always good. Why he becomes the bad guy is always good. Uh, let me ask you this: Falls into a tank full How of eels. How can Batman <laughs> fight Superman? Doesn't is Superman just kills Batman? He would crush him in two seconds. Well, uh, you, I could give you like a kind of a nerd answer if you sure, want. Sure, I want to hear. Okay, a nerd okay. Batman used to just fight a bunch of like street thugs. Like that was Batman for like years and years sure. and years. And then somewhere around the eighties, with like the rise of Justice League and all that stuff, like Batman really was like he became like this really smart, witty guy, and he can outsmart supervillains with like his just his intellect. And He's still, still like, a human though, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. But that's and by the this whole time thing. he's got to be older. But it's also like they also like played some things where like Batman had some sort of like kryptonite gun or some sort of like you know thi- like back pocket like you know nuclear solution to like kill Superman. So like with his wits, he would always like be able to fight these guys. That's kind of how. That's why they're going that route with Batman. Even though well, Batman apparently only kryptonite can hurt Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's different forms of kryptonite and all that stuff too. Well, apparently because Kaylor, how far down this rabbit hole do you want to go, man? In every Superman <laughs> movie, the bad guy goes, "I have kryptonite," yeah. and then weirdly, Where? Superman survives. Yeah. Yeah. He even got stabbed with it yes. in the Kate Bosworth one, and then sure. he's like, "No, no, I think I'll pull out of it." Yeah. It's odd. Shouldn't he die from that? I feel like that would kill him. I also think the dark tone of Superman doesn't work. It works great for Batman, yeah. but it doesn't work for Superman. Superman's That's, bright. He's like, bright. He's yeah, he's supposed icon. to be happy. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. because he's indestructible, so it's really nothing yeah, yeah. to root for. You're like, oh, he's going to win. He's indestructible. Well, yeah. yeah. Batman's more human. Yeah, and when it's yeah. dark, you I mean, you the dark, yeah, the dark, the dark Batmans are always the best ones. Like, those early Burton ones were great, but, uh, yeah. Well, Kaylor, what role would you really want, man? What, what do you well you know what I always want I wanted to be the Riddler yeah yeah I can see you being a good Riddler in college I dressed I have pictures of me we all dressed as Batman in college okay. and uh, there was Batman Robin I mean everybody even yeah. one person had a kapow sign oh wow Catwoman okay. and I was the Riddler and I'm nice. in green tights with a mask with a little brown speedo over it and I would go <laughs> <laughs> and I just ran around like Frank Gorshin as the Riddler. That's so good. And that was so 80 good. something. And then Jim Carrey played it. And I was like, God damn. Yeah, Jim Carrey made yeah. a lot of sense. That was, that was He's a perfect sense. cast for the Riddler. There's some really good casting calls that in, I think so too. in, in movies that, and I would, yeah. I would agree with that one. Like, I think the best one's clearly Rob Downey Jr. is Iron Man. Like, that guy is Iron Man. His story is Iron Man's yeah. story. You know? So, there's some good ones. He's pretty good as Iron Man. And then yeah. Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool was a good call. And then I they went, fucked good. it up in that X Men, then the Wolverine movie. What happened to the Green Lantern? Man, well, I mean, it was just a bad movie. I think it's it was a good cast. I think it was bad yeah, it was CGI. just, it, it was just a bad story. movie. It looked bad. Yeah, the story it was bad. I even like the other dudes. I like Mark Strong, and I like yeah. the other guys up in the uh, 
Green Lantern. It's not. It's not a terrible movie until it's like grounded Sar- on Earth. Yeah. All the yeah, space yeah. stuff is actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And then you get to, and then he's fighting like this nebulous cloud instead well, of like. Sarsgaard yeah. was in it yeah, too, he's right? The head yeah. Guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at us. We started talking about. Yeah. Uh, we, we got we got nerdy. Well, uh, Kaylor, <laughs> so so let's uh, inform everybody what you're up to these days because you're hosting some shows. You're doing doing some stuff. I'm there doing to... some stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, I just did another mock apocalypse episode. Nice uh, for Access TV. I'm guesting on the Josh Wolf show. On CMT. Yeah, just announced. That's coming on CMT um, very soon. Yep. I'm shooting my first one this Friday. Nice. I Where are you shooting that at, by the way? What, what town? I think it's Culver City, I want to say. Oh, Culver so you're doing City? it here in L.A. Yeah. It's here in L.A. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And then that'll be out Friday night. And the Josh is a good guy, and that's mm-hmm. a fun show. And then I'm doing America Facts versus Fiction the next mm-hmm. season. We're shooting right now. Congrats on that, man. And that is going on. And then I have my one-man show that I've already premiered and it's gonna start traveling here in the fall and then the blog i write for disney babble.com is up and then i have a movie that i'm shooting at the end of september and then i hate doing this so no 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 it's okay but can you talk about the the movie you're shooting or anything or yeah it's uh uh, you know the film i did teacher of the year yes so uh are you aware of this movie Keegan-Michael Key and I and the Sklar brothers mm-hmm. and Matt Lesher and a bunch of other people. My friend made this movie. Speaking of stash. Yeah, right? <laughs> that had the huge stash, the fake stash. And then uh, it's about this uh, uh, teacher's lounge, and the, the nominee for Teacher of the Year, and I played kind of the crazy robotics instructor. And it won a bunch of film festivals, mm-hmm. and then it went on to, it's just on video on demand right That's now. That's great. That, uh, he's doing uh, another movie in September that I'm doing for him where I am a birthday clown. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes dark. That's all I know. It's, no. It takes a turn. He's, he keeps oh, no. sending me lines from it. It's Wait, really must, mustache in this one too? Is this? Uh... Uh, cl- I think full clown makeup. Okay. I think, which I've never really done full clown makeup before. <laughs> so it's going to have a Gacy tone. I think. It's <laughs> I was just oh, thinking, no. like, I think it's, it's going Gacy. Gay, it will go Gacy without the without the homosexual murder. No. So it's like Gacy with Mur- if, murder of thirty some children. Let's say it's Gacy like, yeah. if Gacy didn't cross the line. Okay, but he's still that dude. He lives yeah. in the house. There's weird stuff under the house, but it's just not dead bodies. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, okay. and you know he's probably got a manifesto he's working on. He's definitely an internet blogger, mm-hmm. but he just doesn't. He doesn't handcuff him and kill him. At he the doesn't. End. He doesn't take action. He still brings them home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, young, young Filipino man. He has a good time. <laughs> he maybe leaves them with a, uh, a goodbye gift. Yeah, he's, he's nice. To Sends them away some cookies. Yes, he uh, makes yeah, them yeah. breakfast. Of course, instead okay. of chopping their head off and having sex that. with it. I can get behind. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It'd be something. It'd be something more. It's dark, but not that dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, I got another uh, good Kaler memory I want to bring up, and oh, this geez. one really stands up <laughs> in my mind. Um, no, it's nothing crazy, nothing nutty, but. The first time I ever hung out with you, Jamie, here in L.A., uh, we went drinking, and then we did, I don't know, you won't even remember this, but we started an interview, and then we walked all around Santa Monica, and the interview ended up being like an hour and a half long, and we just recorded the whole thing, but we wound up at, is it called King's Head? Yeah. Is there like a bar somewhere, and there's like a little back room, yep. and and you're like, dude, we're going to go to the show, we're just going to, you jumped up and did like five minutes or something, and then we hung out with all these comedians afterwards, and it was like Billy Gardell... And we're sitting there, and we were talking to Billy Gardell, and and he just he had just come back from Montreal, 
Yeah. And he was like, and we're like, so how was it up there, man? Mm-hmm. And Billy's like, fucking all, all they want are these goddamn musical yep. comedians. I don't, I just I don't that. get, I you remember that this? Well, absolutely. And, and he's like, I don't know what I'm doing here yeah. anymore. <laughs> and he was just like, he seems so down. Yep. And then all of a sudden Mike and Molly like yeah. happened. And it he was tells like, that, he tells a boom. lot of those stories. I think he had $7 in his bank account when he booked Mike and Molly. And wow. it's a great story. And, and you know, the thing is he's ultimately talented and he, kept surviving but he had a wife and kids he's the he, yeah. like my friend who did the uh the commercial the constipation. commercial yeah. for constipation <laughs> at the end of the day you know you're you're trying to pay your bills so i totally get it i mean obviously the mike and molly is one in a million sure down the road sure and it's you know the fluke that it stays on melissa mccarthy's on mm-hmm. it's a yeah. juggernaut i mean yeah he's set for life his kids are set for life yeah from seven dollars to make that leap is, yeah it's it insane happens. Dude, the day I booked my boys was a life-changing thing because I was bartending at the time, and I never, I still, the whole first season of my boys, I didn't give up my bartending job. I just got my shifts covered mm, for really? like six months. Wow. wow. Uh, I never quit, and uh, finally, like, we got the word season two was going to get picked up, and I still, I picked up some shifts after the first season just for shits and giggles to go and have some drinks with some friends because you never know if the show's coming back, and yeah, then exactly. finally the manager goes... You're you're not coming back, I don't think. Are you? And I was like, no, I don't. I'm not coming back. But uh, yeah, you just never know. I yeah. have friends now who are like, they've been here for 20 years, making really good money, and all of a sudden, you know, you change categories, you're out of tone, and, and that's it. You have a couple bad years where you don't book enough stuff. Your agent kind of loses faith, and you fall by the wayside. And there's a whole new slew of new people, and then you're selling water for sparklets. Like I have friends doing that. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like oh no. So I mean, the it works fact that the I've been living too. in this business for so long uh, is a testament to how crazy this business is and you have to do so many things like i'll end up doing some live dates some corporate dates i'll host a show Mm -hmm. i went back east and hosted the gi film festival i flew for discovery channel and spoke to some kids in north carolina i end up i have a couple commercials running i have a couple voiceover gigs i do a couple guest spots a little film here you know, the Josh Wolf show, right. mock pot, all of a sudden it all adds up and you're like, yeah, I had a pretty good year. But every year you're like, it's like you're yeah, a freelancer yeah, you're and scrambling you're chasing, for the piece chasing, chasing, yeah. chasing yeah. yeah, until you get the Mike and Molly. Yeah. And then you go, oh, fuck you. No. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Huh? I just, uh, Jamie, it just, it sticks out in my memory, like seeing. And the show for Sirius XM that I was doing for basically no money at all yeah. because it's, it's part of the process and it's part of the work. Like right. even nowadays when I go and do a gig like on a Tuesday night, and my wife's like, what are you doing? What are you getting paid? I go, I'm not getting paid anything. But you know that one gig I got paid a boatload on? Right. That's because of this gig. Because of this yeah, gig. Exactly. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, it was so surreal to see that all happen in kind of real time like that. And seeing people at different levels of their career doing yeah. different things. And, and uh, no, man, all that stuff sticks in my brain, Jamie. I'm yeah. never going to forget that we stuff. We definitely it's enjoyed like, it. And so funny because I think some people don't. Like they get that ticket to like this is going to be a good run and then they're so worried about it that i did if i learned anything in this town is to go all right this is never going to last really enjoy it like we enjoyed my boys more than we should have probably to the point where i think sometimes they're like hey you guys need to slow down a little bit <laughs> we were shooting in chicago for a week and we went out every night God, bars you- are open to like five in the morning and then we'd go to shoot the next day and we'd look terrible <laughs> and uh the ep was like hey you uh you guys you look 
terrible. You look like liquor helmets. You really need to. You're on a television show. You know that, right? You need, you're gonna need a few hours of sleep this week. It's Tuesday. You're not gonna make it. Yeah. And so we were all like, I'm not gonna make it. So yeah. We look. And so every down, time I we'll see that, together. every time I see that episode, I go, Oh wow, I look terrible. So you instantly recall like oh, totally what recall you did it. the night oh, before. Oh my god. Yeah. Just we were out boozing and having fun and tearing, oh, so tearing it up. <laughs> what was your favorite episode overall, of my boys, that you had shooting? Maybe not. Maybe uh, not what the, we saw. One on where I was but... a, I was a fake cop, mm-hmm. and we were, we were. I had the crazy mustache. The mustache the episode mustaches. was really fun too. Yeah, that was our pitch. We came back the next season. We had all grown mustaches, and we said, "Hey, we all have mustaches. What if the first episode's a mustache growing contest?" Mm-hmm. And they kind of like, "We'll get back to you." <laughs> and then they call back, and they're like, "Yeah, actually, nobody <laughs> shave. No one shave." <laughs> And then so the next week, my character is the only one that keeps his mustache, right? So we go to shoot the next week, but the Friday of the first week, they need to shoot something from two episodes later. So they go, you need to shave your mustache. I go, this is crazy. I need the mustache for next week's episode. They go, it doesn't matter. They'll make you a fake one. I go, it's never going to match. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't. It looks terrible. So, so you did shave In the it, episode yeah. where everyone else has shaved their mustache and I keep my mustache you can see it's a fake mu- it's like glued on it's so bad it's so bad the mustache I was like but they couldn't move the shoot around so they had to tr- and so they brought in this mustache tech who like tried to create a mustache to mustache yeah. tech there what's was a that person guy making that's a, that's a, a mustache. job huh he makes a real well he's like a wig and mustache yeah. specialist and he makes a specialist uh, a mustache very geared for what you're doing yeah that's pretty impressive it man. wasn't as impressive as you'd like though because it, i go that's a fake mustache it's what do terrible. you think that guy set out to do you know you know when you have those gigs because you, you clearly don't go to school for certain gigs in oh, the entertainment he industry a movie star in the so, 80s he's in yeah. like he was like the sixth lead in red dawn he thought he was gonna blow up after that and it just didn't take <laughs> the off. one guy who didn't blow up from red Dawn. yeah the like, one guy <laughs> he's like a trivia question he's like god damn it the guy who no was the, uh, the guy they trivia killed pursuit. The guy who's uh, the he, he they gave the tracking device on him. Right? Oh yeah. right, yeah. Who is that guy? I don't know who he is. <laughs> no one can't does. Name that guy. He's well, he was your he was your mustache. He probably still handler. is at a party right now, going, "You might not recognize." Him. <laughs> yeah, but I'm. Uh, <laughs> you know, in Red Dawn, the guy with the uh, the tracking device. That no, I haven't seen it. Well, here, let me show you this clip on my phone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've met a bunch of people like that recently who I've done sh- like improv sh- acting shows, and you're like, "Hey, you were kind of a big thing in the '80s," and they're like, "Yeah." Yeah, <laughs> bought a house. I have a beautiful home, and some people were smart with the money and bought a house. And yeah, so the people who are really into it will then go do theater or do something else and guest star. Sure, but yeah, you see, like people look at movies from the eighties, and you're like, where the f- where did that? Where any of those? He was only twenty two years old yeah, then. Yeah, He's yeah. like gone. It's a weird business, man. Nowhere yeah, to be really found. People disappear like a murder film, like a murder <laughs> mystery where you're like, you're at a camp and you're like, where's Tommy? I don't know. <laughs> I, Tommy I was, was going those woods again. though. Tommy, Tommy went out there to shoot something. He didn't come back. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, and there have been a lot of movies made. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot Dude, of movies made. Every time I put on Netflix, I'm like, wow, Bruce Willis was in a movie with Christian Bale and like Kate Blanchett. Never heard of it. Yeah. How do these right. happen? And then you start to watch it and you're like, oh yeah, wow, that did not work whatsoever. Now now there's a guy in that movie who walks around and goes, I was in a movie with Bruce Willis, <laughs> yeah. Kate Blanchett. When he booked it, he right. probably walked into his job as a waiter that day and was like, I quit. Yeah. yeah. I'm out of here. Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the guy's like, Hey, when's that movie coming out? It's not. It went straight to Netflix. <laughs> what? <laughs> like Nick Cage has like fifty two films on Netflix. Right. Where you're like, I never heard of that movie. Right. He's just pumping them out, man. <laughs> yeah. It seems like the only movies that really open are 
superhero films. Well, yeah, it's we're kind of in that in that time frame where it's all sequels and mm. prequels Mad and remakes Max and relaunches. And because Mad Max was Mad great. Mad Max was great. I haven't seen it yet? It's, good. it's really Jurassic good, Genie. I saw Jurassic. World. Mad Max, but Mad Max is great because it. I don't know. I feel like Mad Max captured a lot of like stuff that you wish the Marvel films captured. It was just like it all. It wasn't full of CGI. I need to go see it. I mean, I heard it's crazy. It's it's just start to finish. There's, but see, that's there's the little kind of, exposition. Yeah. It's just the chase. It just it's just one dude's vision going bonkers in the desert. It's really great. That movie. Those are the only movies you see at the theater because it's the only movie you need to see at the movie. Right, right, right. Like this, that one, Love and Mercy, which I'd like to see. I like Brian Wilson, the storyline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah but you day, can watch like, that at home. Yeah, yeah. What do you need the? What do you need? I'll see that when it comes out at home. You don't need that in IMAX. Mad Max, you need to see the guy. You know. Playing a flaming guitar. Yeah, <laughs> a flaming I saw that guitar. in the trailer, that and I was screen. like, mm, that seems <laughs> "All my bandmates immediately just sent pictures of them photoshopped into that, you know, shot with like, you know oh, here's funny? my new guitar." Of all the of all the man, Mac, I think other than the ma- the major stars, like that guy's been interviewed the most. He like every music website I go to is like, "We talked to the guy who played the flaming guitar." Yeah. Mad Max. Uh, <laughs> there's no great white jokes yet coming out from the whole. I, I haven't thing. seen any yeah. or heard of any, but I'm sure they're out there. Yeah, start writing. Where's great white now? Which one? Which I mean, some well, of the, didn't one of them die in the fire? One, died, one of them, right? they lost one but of them. Here's the problem: is those guys, the rest of those guys, have to make a living, right? Did you see the documentary about Quiet Riot, the drummer Frankie? No. Oh my God, I want to see this he, so it's bad. Amazing. Now. Is it on Netflix? It's on, he, he went crazy. It was on Showtime. Right? He, no, he lives oh, in Calabasas. He has like a 16 okay. year old kid. He's a single father, and when that dude died from Quiet Riot, basically that dude lost his income. They played whatever yeah. you yeah. know. Festivals paid pretty well, and yeah, so sure. he would travel do. A few gigs a month, and yeah, that would hits. cover his nut in Calabasas to take mm. care of his kids. And when that dude died, everyone's like, "Oh, that you got to let that band die." And he's trying to keep it alive because it's his only income. Of course, of mm. course. And so it's really kind of this tragic tale mm. of bands, and it interviews a lot, and they try to find other singers. It's really oh, interesting. Wow. Oh no! And, and kind of like, yeah, but he seems like such a good guy. Yeah. And he tried to get the other dude off drugs and. Nothing ends smart. well. Nothing ever ends well, does it? <laughs> does anyone so. just, except Nothing. for Sting, does anything kind of <laughs> gracefully go into the distance? Helen Mirren. There's like two or three people who go. Springsteen, maybe. I'm aging yeah, gracefully. Yeah. Even he looks. He definitely looks like he's had some stuff Dude, done. Yeah, Why is like, his hair still dark? That's true, but you that know? guy's also like 60 years old yeah. and like still doing like sliding around those knees oh, and performing a, for three listen, hours. I love Dude, Springsteen. Yeah, yeah. Dude, Betty White. She's going off Betty White. into the sunset. Betty White kind of had a revival, too. And she's like 90. My buddy writes for uh, Hot in Cleveland. For Hot in Cleveland? Yeah, and they've had a great run. Yeah, great run. and that show's coming to a close, right? I think Finals. it's finally yeah. coming to a close. Dude, she has one of the best lines ever in a really bad movie that no one probably ever saw, which was called Lake Placid. Do you hear about this? <laughs> oh, yeah, with, with the crocodile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oliver Platt was in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great line. Betty White walks no, out. No, Bill Pullman saw Lake Bill Pullman, yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. You can't Bill get someone saw okay, Lake Placid. They made a sequel. That, that's true. I mean, I'm amongst friends. <laughs> See, we should just do a movie podcast. We should do a movie podcast. Let's do it. All right, so do you remember the line then when she's talking to Oliver Platt and she goes, man, if I had a dick, I'd tell it to suck it. You know, it's fucking great. Yeah, it's like the big line. Nothing better than old lady and young children talking dirty. Yeah. Really. I can't think of anything else. Nothing better. better. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing better. All right, Jamie. Uh, so, real life, you got kids, man. Yeah, I got some kids. Now you got a blog and you're, you're writing about uh, stuff. I'm writing about said children. Yeah? Um, yeah. Are they going to appreciate that? I when, don't know. Uh, some people go on and they go, uh, uh, your kids are going to hate you. All right. Other people were like, who the fuck are you? 
because it was like it said this thing from Hollywood to fatherhood, and people yeah. were like, I don't know who the fuck this guy is. <laughs> oh, jeez. A couple oh, people no. were like, Who's this guy? I don't know what he's been in. Other people, and then they got to be an argument. He's the guy from My Boys. And then the other guy goes, Never saw it. And then the other person's like, Well, you should watch it. It's on Netflix. It's actually a pretty good show. And the other guy goes, Like, fuck yourself. Oh, the internet. It devolves into this melee. You're right. Nothing ends well. <laughs> Nothing man. ever ends well, except for Sting. Yeah. Sting, Sting and Betty White. Sting right. and Betty White. Got it. All right, Kaylor. Well, we got to get out of here, man. It's good to see you as always. Always. Man. Sorry we couldn't pong it up in front of Matt here so he could. I'm, uh, I'm glad you didn't beat my ass. And Pong, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, congrats on everything Thanks, as always, and uh, keep it. us posted on everything you're working on. And next time you're in New York, man, we'll hang. I'll definitely come right. hang when I'm in New York. I'm actually in in the fall. I think I'm going to do my show at Gotham, like the oh, first week of great. We're second there. week. I'm there for a wedding for a week, and I'm going to do my one man show at Gotham, and I'll have you oh, come see it. Oh, that's great. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. We're there. Perfect. Awesome, Sweet. man. We'll do a show from there. All right, cool. All right, man. Uh, bye. All right, that was our interview with Jamie Kaler. A great story about friends yeah, and how that great. how that even works out. How it's just you know it's a mystery, and people can write books about behind the scenes until you actually like live through it. And seeing someone go from a guest star to an actual you know cast member yeah. and explaining how that works. I mean, just the story of him walking down the hall, a main cast member sees his shirt and goes, "I like that," and then it's literally taken off his back, mm-hmm. and that other person's now wearing it in the episode is mind blowing. It's just. Well, I mean, you know, it makes sense. Uh, it does, know, but it's like, about. you know, but it's like, okay, you didn't care about it before, and then, you know, it's just weird to me. Might not have seen it. Pandering, man, pandering. It is pandering. All right. So, thelaughbutton.com, check it out. Go there for all of your comedy insight and news, interviews and reviews. We'll have a bunch of those. We'll be reporting live from Just for Laughs. Yeah, Just for Laughs. Uh, I guess technically all reporting is live. It's just when you. That's true. And yeah, yeah, I never understood that. You know, hey, we're recording this album live. Well, it's we'll be live, live at, to tape. We'll be live like, at Just for Laughs this week. How about that? Yeah, we will be alive at Just for Laughs this there week. There will be life at Just for Laughs. <laughs> uh, always end on a, a smart-ass comment and Be sure and to visit our socials for uh, contesting for the Lewis Black contest we're mm-hmm. running. And uh, we're in the final stretch of the Warp Tour. A couple more dates left, like a week and a half, I think. I know. It's kind of depressing. Uh, we, we put up a new article and some new vids from the guys in the Warp Tour, Eli Olsberg and Grant Cotter. They've been doing a fantastic job out there. Talk about being stuck in the heat, man. Those guys are... are they're troopers. They're nice and tan now. Let's just say that. But uh, the comedy tent has been fantastic. And you can go to thelaughbutton.com slash Warp Tour and check out everything that they've done so far. And there's still going to be some stuff left. So if you go to the Vans Warp Tour uh, website, you can see all the dates that are left. And go out and see the first ever Vans Warp Tour comedy tent. Presented by the Laugh Button. Yeah, presented by the Laugh Button. It really is pretty awesome and huge shout out to kevin lyman for giving it a shot and uh can't wait to see what comes of it next year all right from matt kleinschmidt at i am kleinschmidt i'm mark says hi at mark says hi heading to jfl talk to you next week